Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Always good to see Annabelle. <laughs> and welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name's Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of the ho- co-hosts. And to my right is a man who had, I'm pretty sure, had himself a very Merry Christmas. Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are we doing today? I'm doing all right. I did have a very Merry Christmas, but it's always today I'm dealing with a phenomenon and I'm glad that I was off because I don't know how you feel about it, Ryan. But for me, there's always like a Christmas high and then it ends and then it just boom, you know, it goes right down. There's a bit of a post Christmas. Mm -hmm. I don't want I don't know what to call it, but there's like a post uh, a post Christmas lull where you realize that you're starting the journey back into normal life you know new year is around the corner but new year's never been that big of a of a of a deal of a holiday to me um but it was a great christmas very relaxing and i did not watch football as much as i would have liked to uh i did um, lots of other things but that's the mercy when you're at somebody else's house you can't really say hey I want to watch this. We watched some Christmas right. specials and football was not uh, not as high on the agenda. So I had to do some catching up today. But uh, how are you today, sir? Doing good. Doing good. You know, yesterday I uh, got a chance to visit my mom and nice. took, uh, hang out with my dad for a while. We watched uh, we watched football at my mom, when I was visiting my mom. Uh, we mm-hmm. watched the Chiefs and the Raiders. We'll get to that in a few moments. Uh, didn't, didn't watch Giants, Eagles. Didn't watch Ravens, Niners, but because we were watching some Christmas movies and just t- catching up and talking. But mm-hmm. otherwise, good company, good good food. Uh, mom's being well taken care of. So if you're watching, mom, hi. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, but it was a good Christmas. It's a good Christmas. So Excellent. I enjoyed myself. Excellent. So we're gonna talk about Week 16 in the NFL. In just a moment, but first we just need to do some business and stuff. 
Just want to remind you about our socials, which are right down here below. Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The uh, now infrequently used TikTok. It's at NoCredsREQ. Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ. YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. And if you wouldn't mind, if you're watching live, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social media channels right down here below. On the podcast side... You can subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast, rate and review. A five-star rating would be very, very helpful. And also, if you're on a platform where you can review, we'll even read your review on the air, no matter how Grinch-like or how majestic it is. We'll read your review on the air. And also, since it's a live show, engage with us. Whether you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, and now StreamYard, which is a platform we use, has the ability to, to get comments from Twitter or X. Ooh. So if you're watching on either of those platforms, which is where we stream to every single week, we will we want your comments. We want your comments. And you know, it's the most wonderful sound of the year. I gotta play it. <laughs> it's just the one most wonderful sound of the week. Mm-hmm. I shall play it now. Here we go. That's right. We want your comments. We, in fact, we've got one already from the from the legendary Kevin Wilson of Belly Up Fantasy Sports. It says, Merry Day After Christmas, fellas. Merry Christmas to you, Kevin. Happy Boxing Day, if you so yeah. deserve. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we appreciate you tuning in and uh, leaving a comment. Leaving a comment while you watch. And again, it's a live show. We want your comments. Engage with us. And actually, before we get started, I do have to know, uh, I got to give credit, give a shout out to my friend Emily. Uh, who gave me an idea for a new sport this afternoon on our on a Discord on a Discord server that I participate in, and uh, I, I give a prompt. Well, we have a game, and I have a prompt. And I said, well, "Well, if you if you so observe, what are you doing today on Boxing Day?" And she left a gif of someone booping a kitten's nose and the kitten kitten flopping over, <laughs> which is which is cute. So I so I said uh, so I wrote. You know, I didn't know booping kid booping kitties was a sports ball game because we, we we jokingly we jokingly call my podcast a sports ball podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wrote back, "It sure is. You should talk. You should talk about it on your YouTube channel." I said, "Oddly enough, new episode tonight, and I'll totally talk about it." Which she replied, <laughs> "Which she replied, yes, they curl up like a ball. Therefore, it's accepted in the sports ball community. It's a very dangerous sport. Sometimes you end up with scratches all over you." Yes, and I should have replied, but I never got a chance to. Whoever comes out with the least scratches wins the game. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Now what? Now we'll have to add to this. Uh, what happens if you get a bite? You know, is that like extra points or is that negative? Is that negative points? <laughs> if you get, I, so I think okay. So I got, we've got we've got we've got the idea rolling. So Emily, if you're watching, thanks for uh, thanks for the idea for uh, for the uh, the inspiration. If you get a bite. It's negative two points. If you get okay. a scratch, it's negative one point. So you actually you start off with ten points, and if you boop the kitty without a scratch, you keep those ten points. But for every scratch and every bite, you get points deducted off. All right, all right. For every scratch, it's minus one point. For every bite, it's negative two points. I think this could work, and it could translate to dogs as well. Although we would have to, you know, we'll have to figure yeah. out the the criteria. You know, whether it's belly rubs for dogs, I don't know. <laughs> yes, coming, coming soon to the lot to the uh, 30, 2032 Olympics. It's a uh, kitty ball. 
Can you yeah. <laughs> we get we get we get credit. We want all the monies. We want every single cent from Kitty Ball. You will be hearing from our attorneys if we are not paid well in yes. royalties. And, and from what I understand, I have the best attorney in Saratoga County. So watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's enough Kitty Ball. We're gonna talk week 16 in the NFL, and we're gonna start with the biggest upset of the week. Dustin, what was your biggest upset from week 16? Well, I would have had another game in place of this one. That is until I was at a Christmas luncheon at, at uh, some of my brother-in-law's family's house. Very, very delicious food over there. And as I was eating the food, I watched the Raiders beat the Chiefs. And as soon as that happened, that was my biggest upset. I could not, I could not believe it. And here's a, sen- a sentence I never thought I would utter this season, Ryan. But the mm-hmm. Chiefs are missing Eric Bieniemy at OC. I thought that yeah. it would be a seamless transition. I thought that Andy Reid would be calling plays. I thought, but then they brought in one Charles Nagy, and it has not gone well. They also, it just you you're waiting for the Chiefs to turn it on, but something is up in Kansas City. Something is up, or Matt Nagy. Sorry, something. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I was waiting for it. I got it. I got, it. I got it. Matt Nagy, Charles Nagy. He's the owner you, of a. You, a, you mean Ace from the nineteen ninety seven yeah. Cleveland Indians, Charles Nagy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't he go on to later pitch for the Angels as well? I can't remember. I can't. Remember. You know what? Live live research, folks. Let's take oh, a look. Oh man, Matt Nagy. But Matt Nagy clearly. He is not translating well to the Chiefs' scheme. And also the Chiefs' defense is starting to slide because the Raiders ran all over the Chiefs. And, you know, I have a feeling you might have picked the same game as I did. So before we get your thoughts on it, I just want to say Antonio Pierce emphatically has done enough to get that head coaching job. Mark Davis, do not make the same mistake that you did when you let Rich Bisaccia go when clearly all the players loved playing for him, hire Antonio Pierce. He has done a great job. The Raiders look like a different team under him. Aiden O'Connell is playing very well, and the Raiders ran all over the Chiefs yesterday. The Chiefs, there's 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 trouble in KC. There's real trouble in KC now. Yeah, that was my upset pick of the week, and I could not believe not only the, the Raiders winning the game, but in the manner in which they did it, they forced three. T- they forced two turnovers. Uh, they forced two turnovers in the first half, both of them which led to touchdowns. One of them was being a pick six, and the fact that the defense was just was just killing this killing this team because the Chiefs would drive down the field. This has been the Chiefs' biggest burden this year, and I, I talked to a friend named Lamar. Going to try to get him on the podcast and. Uh, hopefully very soon uh, to talk some Kansas city chiefs and what's going on with them. He's a Kansas city chiefs fan, but he noted that regardless of the fact that the chiefs don't score a lot of points, they're still eighth in total offense in the NFL. The problem is in this game and in previous games, they can get, they can eat up yardage. They can eat up yardage. They can eat up the clock time of possession, the leading time of possession, but just can't put points on the board. It's a, it's a, it's becoming a problem. It's becoming a problem, and you know I, I talked about the the Buffalo Bills, the way that they were 
until they let go of Ken Dorse and they brought in Joe Brady and they've been gangbusters ever since. And they've mm-hmm. lost, I think, I think they're unbeaten since the, since the change. I couldn't fig- I can't figure out if the bills had an identity. I couldn't figure that out. Well, now we know what they're all about. The chiefs though, I'm starting to believe I, I can't, I don't know if they have a, if they have an identity. I don't know what their identity is. And the fact that the Raiders forcing those turnovers, including a pick six, they sacked Patrick Mahomes four times. Who are the Kansas City Chiefs? Like I guess they can move the ball down the field, but unlike Travis Kelsey with Taylor Swift, the offense can't score. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's translating even to field goals because there was a the Chiefs drove down, um, drove down towards the end of the second half. And they go to attempt a field goal and they miss even the field goal. You know, it it just is, it's unbelievable. And you can see the frustration boiling over now. Yeah. Um, There's definitely some trouble. And Patrick Mahomes, he's a victim of his own success. uh, And he has not played up to his standards this year. I think part of it is the protection, but he's also athletic enough to, to, to escape pressure and make some things happen. But it just, they're just not as crisp as they've been. And as a result of it, you don't want to give up on the chiefs because they're too, they're too talented. They're too talented yeah. and basically their past success, but I it's getting late early. I don't know when they're going to be able to turn it on. No. And I'm getting kind of worried because by this time last year, the chiefs were rolling, mm-hmm. the chiefs were rolling and we knew who they were. And I think the big one of the biggest mistakes they made was not re-signing Juju Smith-Schuster because he was one of their targets last year in the lead-up to the Super Bowl, when I'm scoring a Super Bowl. By the way, where's Sky Moore? Yeah. He, was supposed to, he was drafted last year to be an integral part of this offense. He's, he was the guy who was supposed to replace Tyreek Hill. Where is he? Where is he in this offense? I don't know if he's been hurt or if he's just been out of the lineup or he's just, Patrick Mahomes is just not targeting him. Uh, I know she uh, was it Reed, uh, Rashid Reed, or I can't remember his name uh, for life of me, but we'll find out who it is. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a rookie. He's been the primary yeah. target this year. Travis Kelsey's game has gone south, has dipped south in a mm-hmm. big way. Yes. I think part of it has to do with the fact that I think the, I think the Taylor Swift thing is a distraction. I think yeah. him dating Taylor Swift, the dating Taylor Swift. The fact that he's now like the basically like the face of the NFL, and mm-hmm. that you see him on pretty much every single endorsement on these days between Pfizer and Doritos and Kimball's chicken, you know, Kimball's chunky soup. I think all those things have become a big distraction, and he's not focused on his game and he's not the elite. He's still elite. He's still an elite tight end. Don't get me wrong. But every fantasy football owner who drafted Travis Kelsey this year has been super, super disappointed with his output this year. And I think it's I think from week four of the NFL when he scored a touchdown in primetime on Sunday night football against the Jets, ever since then, he's shown he's shown glimpses, but he's not the same guy he was last year that he's been over the last half decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also have to wonder if whether age is finally starting to catch up to him 
Uh, because also, as you said, he is a victim of his own ex- success as well. Because for a tight end, particularly at the tight end position this year, which has not been great overall, you know, he is still he is still the man, but he's just not playing up to his standards. Right, right. And, and I just have to wonder if all these endorsements and the tri- dating dating Taylor Swift, I wonder if it's just starting to become a huge distraction. And he's, it's been, that's just me. This is just me. This is just me spitballing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's, this is just a, the distractions off the field are affecting his game on the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got some, co- we got some more comments from Kevin cats rule. We don't, you know, stinking dogs. I, <laughs> I like, I'm a cat owner, but I like both. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an equal opportunity, yeah. uh, uh, belly rubber, uh, belly scratcher. Uh, he also says the Raiders averaged three yards per pass attempt and somehow won the game. Yeah, because it was on the strength of 145 yards from Zamir White, who filled in nicely for Josh Jacobs. Had those two big runs uh, in the fourth quarter, towards the end of the fourth quarter, that basically sealed the deal for the Raiders. Because after that big run he had, over 40 yards, over a 40 yard run, right before the two minute warning, Kansas City had to burn a timeout. That was our last timeout of the game. Then he had that other big run for about 15 yards where he absolutely stiffed, stiff-armed the Kansas City, Kansas City cornerback to uh, to heck. Go to the two-minute warning, kneeled down four times, game's over. Mm-hmm. And our friend Captain Lou Gamelin says the Chiefs are still snake-bitten after Detroit beat them in week one. <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, I know Lou's a big Detroit Lions fan, but he yes. could be right. He could be absolutely right. Yeah, possibly. I mean, uh, the Chiefs. Let's put it this way: the Chiefs of the last few years are not are not used to coming out and opening the season with a loss. Let's call it what it is. Yep. Which leads us to our biggest disappointments from Week 16. I'm going to lead off with this one: the Bengals and the Steelers. The Bengals absolutely <laughs> laid an egg in front of a national television. Oh, if you have an NFL Network. Uh, you would have watched it there for the pe- the five people who have NFL Network, myself included. Going into the game, we saw the Steelers were starting Mason Rudolph. And your original thought going into Oof. the game, if you're an outside observer, was the Bengals are going to win. Wrong. Wrong. The Steelers jumped out to a 24-0 lead. They never looked back. And the reason why it's so disappointing is because the Bengals never showed up. The Bengals never showed up in this game. Yeah, Jake Browning threw for 300 yards once again. At that time, the reason why he had all those pass yards was because they were trying to play catch-up after, after giving up a 24 consecutive points in the first half. Running game was non-existent, and the defense just basically stopped, just never left the airport, ne- never left Pittsburgh International Airport either. So my biggest disappointment this week was the Cincinnati Bengals absolutely had to have this game. Absolutely had to have this game to keep in the playoffs, in the playoff hunt. They didn't do it. Pittsburgh's still in it. They got th- two more games to go, and one of these teams is going to the playoffs, I think. So it could be, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Dustin, well, who's your biggest disappointment from this from this week? Uh, my biggest disappointment is one Brock Purdy, and I know people people are going to come at me and they're going to say, "Hey, hey, this is too, you know, this is too easy. Everybody has a bad game." But let me remind you that Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy was being considered by some to be in talks for the MVP conversation. 
If you want to be the MVP or if you want to be considered amongst the MVPs, you cannot throw four interceptions. Now, the Ravens defense, part of it is the Ravens defense is elite. And I'll get to the Ravens later in the show because clearly everybody's been sleeping too much on the Ravens. The Ravens came into this game underdogs and they crushed. They made the 49ers look pedestrian in this game, large parts due to the play of Brock Purdy. Now, they only sacked Brock Purdy twice, but I had an eye on this game because this was my man, my most anticipated matchup from last week. Two yep. of those interceptions, they weren't really Brock Purdy's fault. They were deflected balls. One of them was batted down by a defender into the hands of another defender. You can't put that one on Brock. That Stuff like that's going to happen in the NFL. But the one that you can put on Brock Purdy is when the 49ers, I believe, were already up. Uh, they, had, they had gotten a safety on the, on the Ravens, and they were already up, and they were driving down the field, and they threw towards the red zone, and Brock P- Purdy threw a pick to a Ravens defender in the end zone. Mm-hmm. If, if the Niners had gone up and jumped to a double-digit lead early, that might have changed the tenure of the entire game. So that one is on Purdy. And then later in the game, he threw a pick right to a Ravens defender. I don't even know who he was trying to go to on that one. But you could tell the Ravens were in his face, pressured him all night. And as a result, Brock Purdy, who has looked great in in uh, flashes and good at times this season, he was making some questionable decisions. He And and. I get it. He's human. Everybody's a human being. They're going to react. But there was one thing where he threw the ball behind his back to Christian McCaffrey. He flipped it up to him, trying to avoid a sack. And guess what? Christian McCaffrey got clobbered behind the line when he caught that ball because it was just a, you know, it was a desperation flip up behind the back. At that point, just take the sack. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing. Hang on to the ball, take the sack. And it's easy for me to say that as a, a a podcaster, and I don't have to actually get within the gridiron. But Brock Purdy, he didn't look great against the defense that is clearly very good. But if but to be considered an MVP candidate, you have to play well against the great defenses too. Absolutely, no, I don't disagree. And as usual, before we get to the next uh, next uh, category, we next or next uh, category. We got to play the uh, slow clap. Congratulations on a terribly disappointing week to both the Bengals and Brock Purdy. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Winston, uh, Chauncey Winston. Yes. Uh, for slow clapping uh, for both to let them know how we feel about these two, about this team and the individual performance this week. Most entertaining game. And Dustin, I'll have you lead off with this one. What was the most entertaining game in your mind this week? Well, I was surprised by this. We had a lot of, and we had a lot of them too. We did have some good ones and don't, don't get me started on the Seahawks needing late game heroics to beat the Titans. That's another issue. But um, <laughs> the game, if you had told me before the before the season, this game was a candidate for my biggest upset, too. And it would have been had the Chiefs not beaten the Raiders. And this game, Broncos 
Broncos uh, Patriots was kind of like a car crash. You couldn't look away because the Patriots, their defense showed up to play, which the Patriots defense has been has been doing um, great things all season uh, for, you know, largely in futility because they're the, the Patriots offense. We know what that's been like. But I'll tell you, this game, how many times could the Broncos shoot themselves in the foot? You had some you had a fumble by Mims on a kickoff return, which caused a turnover. Russell Wilson throws an early pick on driving towards the end zone. Turnover. The Patriots fumbled, I believe, on their opening possessions. It was two quick turnovers to start the game. And I'm going, oh man, this is a this is gonna be this is gonna be crazy. But you know, the Patriots, they jump out due to defensive turnovers and the offense also looking, while not great, much more confident under Bailey Zappi. And it made me wonder if the Patriots would have gotten a few more wins this year had they stuck with Bailey Zappi from week one on. I mean, Mac Jones, he's clearly he's clearly not it. Um, Devontae Parker had a few amazing grabs over Patrick Zertan, the second largely acknowledged as one of the best cover corners in this game. The Patriots get a lot of flack from everybody um, for not having that wideout, that number one wideout. But Devontae Parker, he looked good in this game. And also, shout out to Zeke Elliott for hurdling a defender on a, on a uh, touchdown score for the Patriots. He has looked... His numbers haven't been off the charts, okay? And we and we have, you know, I have have thrown a lot of dirt on Zeke Elliott um, during this show, saying, "Oh, he he's goal line situation back now." To his credit, he came out. Now this Patriots team is out of playoff uh, contention, and Zeke says, "Hey, I hope they use me. I'm hungry. I want to play. Keep giving me the ball. Keep letting me." So. So I, <laughs> I was never a fan of that that gesture, the feed Zeke. But he has he has he has showed up for the Patriots every game, and there's been there's been flashes where you look and you go, ah, he might still have something left in the tank. Um, and so I will say the Patriots jumped out to a a big lead, um, and they because they caused the Broncos to turn over a lot of the games. And then in this game, we have something that I have never seen. The uh, One of the field goal kickers, the Patriots field goal kicker, he was going for a field goal. He hit the crossbar, but it hit where the mics are in the crossbar. Mm. It's one of the loudest misses that you'll ever hear. It was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty funny. But the Broncos, credit to them, they, they uh, engineered a comeback and they converted on two – touchdowns and then two point conversions to tie the game. The only problem for them was then the Patriots drove down the field and uh, Chad Ryland redeemed himself with a game winning field goal. So it was a game I wasn't expecting much from, and it was a game the Broncos frankly had to have and should have had. You got to give credit to Bill Belichick and his defense and his defensive schemes and the offense while not looking great, looked competent in this game. So I found that game to be very entertaining. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that was, that definitely qualified as one of my biggest upsets of the week as well, because this was a game that you figured, you know, Denver, Denver was favored by seven points coming into this game. Mm-hmm. And you figured with the role that they've been on up until last week when Detroit Lions crushed them, crushed them. 
And you figured, all right, this is a good bounce back game. They're playing the Patriots. They're still alive for the AFC West title and a playoffs or potentially a wild card spot. And then they dropped. They absolutely got dropped, dropped by the Patriots. And also this could have been a biggest disappointment as well. So it qualifies not only but one, not for one, but two categories this week with, mm-hmm. with the uh, Broncos. And again, a couple weeks ago, I, we said in this program, look out. Here they come. Watch out for the Denver Broncos. They might surprise some people after a really slow start. And now I think they're kind of starting to limp towards the finish line from exhausting themselves from trying to play catch up. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been what this was. Yeah. They should have had this game. And also, you know, like I said, hats off to Bill Belichick. He always knows how to coach up a defense. He was prepared for this team. And, um, you know, an underrated Patriots defense that everybody kind of forgets about because the offense has been deplorable. Um, yeah. But big, big win for the Patriots, and uh, it was entertaining, especially that kick off the crossbar. It was very loud. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> what was your most entertaining game this week, sir? So there are quite a few games that qualified for most entertaining game this week, but I'm going to go in a different direction because I like to do that on this program. Oh, switching it up. Packers and Panthers was surprisingly entertaining. And at my brother's house, we're watching the Jets game. Unfortunately, he doesn't have he doesn't have a red zone. Mm. So we're not watching red zone. We're watching the Jets. We're not, we're, not talk about, we're, we're not gonna talk about that game. But let's just say I had to drink another hard seltzer and that was not enjoyable. <laughs> so but this but that game qualified as a, as an entertaining game. Yeah. But in my mind. The Packers and the Panthers were the most entertaining game this week. Packers jump out to a 23-10 lead at the half. But the Panthers, to their credit, and we talked about them this season, them being a really terrible team, but they've got a couple wins under their belt. They win last week against against the Atlanta Falcons. They show a lot of fight in this game. I gotta I gotta give them a lot of credit. They outscored the Packers 20 to 10 in the second half. Bryce Young Finally breaks the 300-yard mark for the first time in his young career, his rookie season. Took him, took him 17 weeks to do, 16 weeks to do it, but he finally eclipsed the 300-yard mark in a, in, a, in a passing in the game. Found DJ Chark do 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 for two scores. However, Panthers ran out of time. The Packers ground down the clock. Anders Carlson hits a 32-yard field goal with 19 seconds to win. They keep the the, the Packers keep their playoff hopes alive, but. I will admit it was fun to see the Panthers not only score points, but stay in the game for this long for the first time all year. And the two wins they had this year were walk-off wins on a field on field goals on two separate occasions. Mm-hmm. But it was nice for them to see them uh, at least in the, on the highlights uh, uh, keep things yeah, keep things tight. Yeah, even though yeah. and then the claw back no pun intended claw back into the game and uh, wound up tying the score. Uh, with a few minutes remaining, but again, the Packers doing their thing, run on the clock, get the field goal, and they uh, and they go home and have a Merry Christmas and stay stay within playoff contention. Mm-hmm. By the way, coming back to Charles Nagy, he actually finished his career with the San Diego Padres. And okay, okay, so that's what it was. Right. Yeah, he played with Cleveland for the majority of his career. Played his final season in 2003 with the San Diego Padres. So. <laughs> There we go. A little little Ken Griffey Jr. slugfest uh, was sneaking into my subconscious there from, from ah, a, a wonderful game from 1999 for the 
Nintendo 64. Um, <laughs> Nintendo 64! <laughs> oh, how apt on Christmas time. Now, I did I, I did play a lot of Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest, but anyway. <laughs> I still have a Nintendo 64 somewhere. I bought it when I when I was an employee at Babbage's back in the day. Oh, man. No, no, no. Oh, wait. Not, oh, wait. It wasn't at Babbage's because that was clo- it was closed by that time. But I bought a used Nintendo 64. I still have it somewhere. I think I still have the NFL Blitz, original NFL Blitz. I still have the Rumble Pack. Oh, there we go. There we go. And I have and I have South Park, the first South Park video game. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. I you know the sixty four is one of my great console regrets. I got rid of it, and I really shouldn't have because let's 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 call it what it is. Most of those games don't age well, but I had. Conker's Bad Fur Day. That was a great game. I had Rogue Squadron. I had the expansion pack, which made it a little bit more powerful. Um, I miss Conker's Bad Fur Day, though. If you're if you uh, if you want some laughs, go look up the theme song to one of the greatest boss fights you'll ever see, The Great Mighty Pooh. It is a karaoke singing ba- uh, pile of poop. Go look it up. <laughs> It's fantastic. You defeat him by throwing corn at him. <laughs> <laughs> so I miss Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yes, it came to the Xbox later. Conker reloaded, but it wasn't the same. I missed the 64 version. I wish I still had my N64 because emulators cannot play it. All right, I'm going to take my geek appreciation hat off. Uh, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that was a little hero, the Christmas poo. He loves me. I hate him. <laughs> Therefore, vicariously, you hate him. <laughs> and throw lots of corn to make him bad to defeat him. <laughs> Get off the top of my head. Oh well, All actually, right. he you throw toilet paper. He throws the corn. Oh, he throws he throws co- the corn like cobs of corn. Sorry, my memory wow. failed me there. You gotta you gotta wow. look it up. You gotta what look a it up. Cr- Everybody what a, in the comments, if you don't know, go look it up. It's it's great. What a crappy game. All right, before, <laughs> we go, before we go to before we go to commercial, our first commercial break, we'll take one more quick visit to the comments section. Julie, uh, my friend in Michigan, says hi. She asks, "Did I miss talk about the Lions?" No, no, you, you haven't. Did not. But stay tuned. Stay tuned. I will talk about the Lions in just a few moments. But before that, we got to take we got to pay the bills so to speak, with this quick commercial break. Stay tuned for no creden- more of No Credentials Required. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good, quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air roasted, 100% money back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. That's right, folks. Veteran owned this coffee kicks ass. Yesterday, uh, my sister and I did brunch before we went to get get my dad to visit my mom. I broke out because it's Christmas Day. I broke out the bad Santa. Oh, there we go. Yes, 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 indeed. But, which was my personal favorite holiday blend, and it was 
just as good as the per, as the past uh, bags of bad Santa that I've gotten. But again, they've got other holiday flavors, including the Cookie Crumble, which I've also enjoyed, and the Jolly Java, which is just as good. So what you want to do, get yourselves there, get your hands and your lips and your tongue on some Invader Coffee, you want to visit our affiliate link in the description on Facebook and YouTube and also uh, select podcast channels. Visit our affiliate link. Use promo code BELLYUP at checkout. Get 15% off your order. And again, you might pay a little bit more for the shipping, but it comes to you in a matter of days and the coffee is 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 freshly is is, uh, is freshly brewed. It's uh, freshly wrote the air. The beans are roasted fresh and they put them right in the bag and they ship right to your home so you can enjoy it i personally grind my beans mm-hmm. if you don't if you're too lazy and you want to just have a pot and you just get yourself some ground from from fresh ground coffee you can also do that you also have carrot cups of the original blend and i enjoy this coffee a lot and you know i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna use a product i'm not gonna endorse a product on this program if i haven't tried it before I went to get my affiliate link with a bitter coffee, I tried it and I said, yep, yep, this is a coffee I like. This is mm-hmm. a coffee I like. And I'm still with them in a couple of years. And yeah, we're still using the affiliate. I'm still using the affiliate link to make the order. I don't know about you, Dustin, but bitter coffee, just great stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it was, um, I didn't have any on Christmas Day because, like I said, I was not at my house. I was at my sister and uh, brother in law's. But I did have Invader today. I had um, I had the bacon bourbon blend. I had a couple cups of that to start my start my boxing day. I was off, but uh, so I did have a couple cups of that. And I can remember back to a time when I was not yet a co-host of this program. You told me about Invader Coffee, and so I gave it a shot. And I, you know, I use the affiliate code to support the podcast, support my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, once I once I had it, I was hooked. So now I've been on Invader Coffee probably for the better part of the past three years, I'd say, because I think you I think you told me about it in 2020, if memory serves during the, mm-hmm. you know, during the uh, COVID Christmas that everybody remembers, you know, around that time. Yeah. Aren't we happy to be away from all of that? But Invader Coffee. Helps us celebrate every day. You got that right. So, yes, visit the affiliate link in the description. Use promo code BELLYUP at checkout. You get 15% off your order. Get yourself some good coffee. Do you hate veterans? Do you hate your country? <laughs> no, you don't. You should order this coffee. Do it right now. Right now. <laughs> Moving on to week to continuing with week 16 talk. We talk about the most noble performance of the week. And Dustin, the most notable performance in my mind was not on the field. I was, uh, this was when I saw this on the, uh, cause I did not hear about this, but when I saw this, I could not believe it. Yeah. The most notable performance was not on the field. The most noble performance was in the sports book because on DraftKings, which is another affiliate sponsor of belly of belly up sports. Uh, dkng.co forward slash belly up 150 get $200 of bets on a $5 bet. But anyway, this guy didn't you probably didn't use the promo code, <laughs> but this is what happened. He used a 14 player parlay, 14 different players on a parlay. 
And I'll tell you what which ones they were. They were Najee Harris, Gabriel Davis, Jameer Gibbs, DK Metcalf, Jerome Ford, Chris Rodriguez Jr., Jonathan Taylor, Calvin Ridley, wow. James Conner, Raheem Mostert, Javante Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, DeAndre Swift, and Christian McCaffrey. 14-pick parlay. The odds of him or her landing this 14-player parlay were 9,787,560 to 1. <laughs> Every single parlay hit. Cash out $489,383.01. Wow. Dollar bet. That's amazing. That is that is amazing. That's astronomical. Uh Merry Christmas, happy holiday to that happy holidays to that person, whatever yeah. they celebrate. They might be maybe they celebrate Orthodox Christmas, maybe they celebrate Kwanzaa, who knows? Congratulations. Yeah, very a fest a festive Yule. Yeah. For sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dustin, we got I got before we go to your most noble performance, we gotta say hi to our friend Rod Peterson, who's visiting us on Twitter. Our first Twitter comment Ooh. coming through. He says, Season's greetings, Rod. Merry Christmas, happy new Merry year Christmas, to you as well. Happy holidays. Enjoy the long break. You deserve it from your from your show, the Rod Peterson show. Uh most days, most weekdays on at, on Twitter and Game Plus at 12 noon, but they're taking the week off, uh, I suspect. So enjoy your time off, uh, Rod. Uh, but Dustin, going back, getting back to the uh, getting back on topic, Dustin. What was your most notable performance of this week from week? 16? Well, I regret to inform you that my most notable performance was a much more traditional route. So uh, hats <laughs> off to you, props to you, should I say, for for acknowledging that that. That prop bet that is a that is amazing, um, but I'm going to go back on the field for my most notable performance, and for me it's Amari Cooper. Amari mm. Cooper he went off this game. He had he had 11 receptions for 265 yards and two touchdowns. Not only is that a great performance, but let's remember when Amari Cooper signed with Cleveland. Let's go back in the time machine because I believe he's been on the Cleveland Browns for two years now. I believe he signed there as a free agent before last season. He was trade for, I believe, a sixth-round pick. Oh, that's the 23 draft from the Cowboys. That was a shocking development, too. Yes, yes. Okay, that's right. I forgot about the trade. Sorry, everybody. That's okay. You see, obviously, my brain is not – you know, I don't have the encyclopedic knowledge about some things. But – Amari Cooper, since he's gone to Cleveland, he has been their number one receiver. He has been, without question, their ace. Whenever they need a big catch, Cooper's been the one getting it. David Njoku has started to come on the last few games. But Amari Cooper, in spite of the quarterback play, whoever the quarterback is under center, he has been consistent and I just – he keeps performing well. And a lot of people said Cleveland, you know, they raised they raised their eye when he, when, when he was traded to Cleveland and they're going, oh, that's, he'll, that's where he'll go to die. Not so. He, mm-hmm. he has been amazing. And I would say 
Now, this year, obviously, the Browns' defense has been very good for parts of the season. But he has been a big reason of why they're still pushing for the playoffs and why they still have a shot. Because even with uh, Joe Flacco, aside, Joe Flacco has been doing some yeah. very good things for the Browns. And Straight you, off the couch. Yes. And you think you you've got to think, oh, what might have been, but but Amari Cooper was making catches even when PJ Walker was back there. He's made catches mm-hmm. when it's when it's been uh oh what what was the name of the, the rookie quarterback that was there? Uh Dominic Roger Dominic Rogers Cromartie or DTR Dominic Thompson, Dor- Rob- Dorian Thompson, Thompson, Robinson. Dorian Thompson Robinson. My apologies. Yeah. So uh, whoever's been back there and also when Deshaun Watson was there, he's his number one. So Amari Cooper, he gets my most notable performance, but not only for this week, but also for his Cleveland Brown career, because everybody kind of threw dirt on him when he went there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to say another honorable mention for most noble performance, the numbers for Monday Night Football. Guess how many millions of viewers Monday Night Football had in last night's game? Oh man, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 15 million. <laughs> Keep going. Whoa! All right, 25 Keep mil. Going. A little bit. You're you're getting you're getting warmer. Getting warmer. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, 28 million. Close. Close. All right. All right. This what is cold. 27.2 million. Wow. It's wow. the second most watched Monday night football game in the last 27 years. And that's an impressive, that's, that's an impressive stat. So, so NFL fans give yourselves a, a round of applause for an honorable mention this week mm-hmm. on the most noble, noble performance of week 16, in the NFL side note. How do you feel if you're the NBA, you've had Christmas day for a long time and now the NFL <laughs> just shuffles in and just demolishes. <laughs> oh man. Oh, if I'm wow. Adam Silver, I'm feeling like garbage right now. <laughs> oh, man, I'm the star of the show. I'm the star of the show. Oh, dang it. The NFL came along and stole our shine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. oh All right. Hottest take of the week, Dustin. What was your hottest take of the week coming away from week 16 in the NFL? All right. Well, based on a couple of factors, my biggest disappointment being one of them, kind of a continuation from last week where I think we both kind of did this, but after they made such a statement on a national stage, uh, I'm sorry to the Baltimore Ravens. I'm sorry. Um, I haven't talked about you enough. You have not been brought up as one of the elite teams in the NFL. I'm sorry. I think it's because maybe if I had to guess, it's because, you know, Harbaugh's been there a long time. Um, Ozzie Newsom, he's been there a long time. They do what they do. And they just kind of they just kind of fly under the radar because I would I would venture while they are not devoid of stars far from it they don't have some of the star power that some of the other teams have you know you're not looking at like a Jalen Hurts or a Christian McCaffrey or a or a AJ Brown or a you know Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk they, it's not as flashy or even a uh, CD Lamb so to speak. But I'll tell you, this Baltimore defense is very, very, very good. They might be the number one defense in the NFL right now, and that's saying something because a lot of people like to anoint the San Francisco 49ers as the number one defense. 
and it points the Dallas Cowboys as the number one defense. But this team, this team has it going on, and they've kind of done it under the radar a little bit. And they are getting hot at the right time. You know, when when Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills were faltering, the Ravens were winning. When Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are struggling, the Ravens are winning. And when when San Francisco confoundingly loses a game that they shouldn't lose, the Ravens are winning. And they just went out and dominated a San Francisco team full of star power. And it's not like the, the Niners were able to move the ball a bit uh, on the Ravens defense, but they had that classic bend, don't break mentality. And they, they, they generated five turnovers. You know, the four picks to Brock from Brock Purdy and the one pick from former Jet great Sam Darnold in there. Um, I'll tell you, the Ravens, their offense is good enough to keep up with the elite offenses in the NFL, and their defense is playing as well as anybody, and they are on a heater. And We all better, we all better watch it because the Baltimore Ravens are coming, and they could be hoisting – they could be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy by the time everything's all said and done. So Baltimore, mm. I apologize to your city. Uh, I apologize to the Ravens. I apologize to Cal Ripken. I'll just, I'll just keep going. However, I will not apologize to Art Modell. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should you. Nor should you. All right. My hottest take, individual take from this week. And I hope my friend Julie from Michigan is watching. Here we go. I'm about to talk about <laughs> the Detroit Lions one more time. About two months ago on the same program, when the Detroit Lions got, to, got off to that hot start, I said this team could compete for not only a playoff spot, but this team could possibly compete for the conference championship. And as soon as I said that, they went to Baltimore, the aforementioned Baltimore Ravens Mm -hmm. and got absolutely slapped backhanded on television on national in front of a national television audience. I think that the game was the uh, Tony. I think that game was Jim Nance and Tony Romo taking over. They they were that on that game. Yeah, it was. It was definitely not a Spiro Didis Adam Archuleta (laughs) D list game of the week. All right, all right. I'll I'll keep. I'll I'll keep my Spiro Didis thoughts quiet. I don't want any more Twitter (laughs) heat. Well, he was. Well, he was. he was on he was on the call last on on Sunday for the Jets and Commanders because that's how far the Jets have fallen. Anyway, getting back to my primary discussion, I but as the season went on, they started to get a little bit uh, let's say a little cocky, a little cocky. They're starting to play down to their opponents, and it happened against Chicago the first time around when they hosted Chicago. They had to claw back and win that game because they played down to Chicago. Thanksgiving, in front of a national TV audience, they lay an absolute egg against a, a mildly inferior Green Bay Packers team. But again, we didn't know that the Green Bay was about to make a turnaround. Now mm-hmm. they're competing for a playoff spot, so they're probably much better than I thought they were going to be. But still, played down to their opponent. The next week, they nearly blow a 21 to nothing lead against the New Orleans Saints. The yeah. New Orleans Saints. 21 nothing, and you almost blow that lead. Almost lose that game. And they they, they don't rely on Derek Carr, the turnover machine that he is. I'm sorry, Jimmis Winston, the turnover machine he is, <laughs> to give them that win. Then they get blown out and played flat as a piece of paper in Chicago at 
Schultz yeah. Soldier Field against the Chicago Bears team that it that is still in the playoff hunt. Confoundingly, confoundingly, because that's how bad the NFC is. Yes, confoundingly, with Eber Fludini at the helm, no less. <laughs> <laughs> but to their credit, the Detroit Lions had a get-right game last Saturday night against the Denver Broncos, and they absolutely backhanded them on NFL Network on Saturday night. Then this week they go into Minnesota, they force six turnovers against the Vikings, and they clinch. Their first division title in 30 years when they were still part of the NFC Central Division. That's how far back we're talking. They were still in the NFC Central, or the, or as Chris Berman lovingly says, the NFC Norris Division. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Chris Berman. Now, now they're in a position where they could possibly not only they're they're, they're currently in a three-way tie for the first overall seed in the NFC. They're at 11-4, and they are in position to possibly clinch home field. Now, they have to win out the next two games. They have a tough game that's coming up on Saturday night in Dallas against the Dallas Cowboys in Jera in in World. And I believe they close out at home against the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken. I'll double-check double the... Uh, their schedule, but they have to win up the rest of the way and they have to have the 49ers and Eagles lose at least one out of their last two games. And Billy, their last two games, they're at home against Arizona. Then they're at the New York Giants, who surprisingly played them well on Christmas Day. And then San Francisco who currently owns the top spot in the NFC based on percentage points, uh, based on, based on uh, conf- I believe it was a conference record. They have a better conference record than the Detroit Lions and Philadelphia Eagles. They have the Washington Commanders and the L.A. Rams. Which L.A. Rams, uh, to their, I will say this, we've talked about the L.A. Rams being, we thought they were going to be uh, worse than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Turns out, this is yeah. a much, much different team than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. But Detroit needs to win out. They need some help along the way. If they get that help from either the Rams, the Cardinals, the Commanders, or the Giants, they could take the, the, the top seed in the NFC Central, in, in the NFC, uh, sorry, the NFC uh, well, uh, playoff picture, earn themselves a first round bye in the playoffs, which. I believe it's be the first time since 1991 that they earn a first round buy in the playoffs, and they could be a top contender for for the NFC. They could represent. They could be. You could see them in Vegas representing the NFC. That's how. That's how much confidence I have in this Detroit Lions team. We're going into this. Going into next week. Yeah, I mean, let me say, Christmas. There's a lot of good vibes around Christmas time. One of the one of the things that made me feel the most heartwarming is watching the Lions celebrate when they clinched the NFC North crown. You know, it was so so happy for that team, so happy for that city, so happy. Dan Campbell, we we love him. We thought he was going a little crazy. We thought he was, you know, getting a little a little wild with his. Uh, with his uh, antics going for it on fourth down and stuff, but uh, 
man, the Lions, they're roaring at the right time. Yeah. Much like the Ravens. Yeah. And Detroit, sports-wise, is kind of on the rise with the Red Wings doing pretty uh, well. However, talk about the, Pistons. the Detroit <laughs> Pistons, good Lord. They lost, what, 24 in a row? Although... Right now they're in a tight rate, they're in a tight game with the uh Brooklyn Nets. So we'll see what happens. All right. We're taking a final commercial break. We come back, we'll talk about what we're looking forward to in NFL week 17. You're tuned in to No Credentials Required. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. That's right, everybody. That's right, everybody. Christmas just ended for for most, but hey, maybe you're still celebrating something, or maybe you forgot to get a gift for that special someone. Maybe they would like concert tickets. Do they like? Do you know what their favorite band is? Do you know? Are they are they fans of a comedian? Maybe a Tom Segura. Maybe a Burt Kreischer. Maybe a Bill Burr. Maybe a trying to think of other comedians. But there are a lot of comedians touring. If they're a comedy fan, go to SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek. Have them grab some tickets. Uh, you can get $20 off your first order if you use the code BELLYUP at checkouts. That'll help. That'll help you spread some holiday cheer, some post-holiday cheer. Or maybe you want to treat yourself during the new year. Maybe you want to start the new year off with a sporting event. Maybe you want to go see the phenom Connor Bedard uh, in Chicago. Maybe you want to see my favorite hockey player, one Connor McDavid, play on the Oilers, you know, use his talents. Maybe you want to go to an NBA game. John Morant just returned. He's a very entertaining player. There is a myriad of options. Check out SeatGeek. Do yourself a favor. Use Belly Up at checkout. Promo code will save you a little bit of money. $20 off your first order of, I believe, 50 or more. SeatGeek, everybody. Code BELLYUP at checkout. And we'd like to thank you for tuning in. We are here. Ryan is big. Big. <laughs> I was and just yes, extolling promo code, the virtues. Promo, oh, yes. Promo code BELLYUP Sports at checkout. $20 off your first order of $50 or more at SeatGeek.com. Yes. Yes, indeed. It's not, I, I was not I was, too <laughs> late to get that New Year's gift of tickets for sporting events and other uh, other things that required to get at the box office. That's what I was doing. I was extolling the virtues of spreading post-holiday cheer or starting the new year off on the right foot. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. We're moving on. NFL week 17. What we're looking forward to the most intriguing matchup of the week. I'll take the lead with this one. There are quite a few matchups. They're very intriguing going into week 17 of the NFL season. But since I'm in the holiday spirit, Still in the holiday spirit, because there are 12 days of Christmas, according to the song. Today is two turtle doves. It's also the feast of St. Stephen, 
according to my Catholic friends. I don't know. I grew up Protestant, so we the only piece we know are a potlucks uh, that happen occasionally after service. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm going to give you two intriguing matchups, not one, but two, since I'm in a generous mood with the holiday spirit. Saturday night, Lions-Cowboys. As I mentioned in the last segment, talked about how important it is for the Lions to win out so they could possibly grab themselves a first-round bye with a home at field advantage. But can't forget about the Dallas Cowboys, who are still in position to possibly win at the NFC East. Now, according to the standings, which I will look at right now, they are currently one game back of the Philadelphia Eagles, who they who they split their series uh, in the, their matchups going into this week. But I mentioned Philadelphia schedule. They got Arizona and the and the Giants. Dallas Cowboys. They've got a tougher road with the Detroit Lions and the Washington Commanders. Who I'll give them credit. Shout out to uh, Drew Drew Willingham or Buddy D Willie. Uh, who are scrappier than they appeared to look for a bunch of for a bunch of dumpster pelicans. <laughs> so that's my first matchup because Dallas has to win to stay in the hunt for the NFC East crown and possibly a first round by themselves if they went out and the 49ers, I think the 49ers, no wait, nope, they 49ers beat them so they would have a, the advantage. Okay, so never mind. But Dallas can still win the AFC the NFC East and grab themselves a home playoff spot. Detroit can win out and possibly get themselves a home field advantage if things go right. So it'll be very interesting. That particular matchup still is, is pretty interesting. The other match I'm looking at, and this will please Dustin, is the rematch. Super Bowl XL as the Steelers visit the Seahawks. I don't Steelers. like to talk about that game. <laughs> I, I won't mention it again, but I had to because it, it really is the rematch of yes. Super Bowl XL. Steelers need to win out and get some help to reach the playoffs. Seahawks just need to win out to be in the playoffs. If they still, they currently, I believe they own the seventh seed in the NFC. Yes, they own the seventh seed in the NFC. Mm-hmm. They're just above the Vikings, the Falcons, the Packers, the Saints, and the Chicago Bears. Again, who are. <laughs> How the heck are you still alive? Yeah. They're still in the playoff hunt, but this is two scrappy teams are going to be battling out for playoff position. I think it's, this game is going to be a lot of fun. So there's your twofer for the most intriguing matchup of week 17. And I'm looking forward to Dustin. What about you? The most intriguing matchup in week 17. Ryan, those are some good ones. And first off, let me say, do I still hold a grudge from, from 2005 slash six? Yes. Uh, I, I, I hope, I hope that the Seahawks win this game, but the Steelers had me scared, especially after, you know, what they were able to pull off against this Bengals team here, where you were right. Mason Rudolph pencil in Mason Rudolph at quarterback. That's a win for the Bengals. Not so to which, to which I forgot to, uh, add in some comments before I went to commercial break for my buddy, Uh Tim Capper of the Alouette's flight deck podcast. Who's also, who is also a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, he said his most notable performance went to Mason Rudolph of the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And we also talked about the uh, some teams are getting hot at the right time, the Ravens and the Lions. He says, hmm, hot at the right time, eh? That sure sounds like a lot like what happened in the CFL. 
And if you missed out in the CFL, the Montreal Alouettes, which is the team that Tim Capper follows, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Tim Capper, shout out to Cliffy D, who's been, in, who's been in this program before. Actually, they've both been in this program. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes were the hot team going into the CFL playoffs, went up winning out. They won, I believe they won with the playoffs. They won their last eight in a row. They won the Great Cup. So kudos hey. to them. Now I'm a Montreal Alouettes fan too. So. I was very happy myself. So, Dustin, again, so getting back on track. Dustin, your most intriguing matchup for Week 17 in the NFL. Well, I'm going to take a, a page from your book because I am also still in the holiday spirit. But I got to say, my most intriguing matchup is, first to start, it's the Dolphins versus the Ravens. I want to see how... Tua performs against this Ravens defense. And also, I want to see if the Ravens defense can shut down another high-powered offense um, for the second week in a row. Because say what you want about the Dolphins. They are a high-powered offense. And I do think I do think um, Mike McDaniel will have some surprises up his sleeve for the Baltimore Ravens. But the way John Harbaugh has them playing, they'll be prepared for him. So this is a very, very intriguing matchup for me. Um, and I want to see what the Ravens offense could do as well because the Dolphins mm-hmm. defense, while I don't think they've been as good as people thought they were going to be, they can they can play well in spurts. So I think this is, this is a matchup with heavy AFC seeding implications on the line where I believe the Ravens are sitting at what is it 11 and, or no 12 and 3 12 and 3 and the Dolphins are at 11 and 4 I think mm-hmm. so yep. this correct, sir. this is a swing game right here it's going and and it could be a good one I really think and then honorable mention for me goes to the Saints buck the Saints bucks in the mm. NFC South because okay. the bucks I mean, we know what Baker's done. It's been one of the one of the crazy one of the crazy things, and somebody has to win that NFC South. And yep. the Saints are still in it, surprisingly. So this also has playoff implications. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Moving on, Desperation City, Dustin. Who are two teams that are desperate this week? Desperation City for me is there was really only one game to pick. I don't like picking. I don't like when we pick the same game. But to me, well, it's ba- <laughs> too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, it's Bengals Chiefs. And you had you had a really good take on this, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil your thunder. But the the Chiefs need to rebound in a big way, and the Bengals need this win to keep their playoff hopes alive. And with that, I cede the floor to you, sir. Yeah, Bengals Chiefs in my mind is Desperation City because we're not sure what team we're going to see on Sunday with both with both teams with both teams. The Bengals got, like I said, back got backhanded last Saturday afternoon. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. And this is a team who's been struggling on the struggle bus most of the year with Joe Burrow playing, eh, and then it gets hurt. And then Jake Browning comes in, has a clunker of a game. Now he's on fire. Now he's playing with 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 heat in his arm and his hands. Uh, with the exception of last week, uh, I think for the Bengals to win, they got to reestablish the running game. Or the defense has got to show up. 
While the Chiefs, again, I don't know who they are. They can't. They can move the the ball down the field, but they score. But they can't score. And it seems like every week they look less and less like the Super Bowl champions they were last year. Both these te- now the Chiefs can still win the division. They're hanging on by a thread, but they can still win the division. They have two games up on the Broncos. Broncos win out. The Chiefs lose out. Yeah, there's no telling what they could. Uh, what the I don't know what who wins the tiebreaker because they split the season series. But this is the Chiefs team. I'm I don't know who they are. I'm very confused defensively. They're very good. Well, bad game withstanding when they can't stop the run against the, against yeah. the Las Vegas Raiders. But they need to st- establish the momentum. This is a team that I, I don't know who – I just can't figure out who they are at the current moment. Yeah. And at least, offensive, at least offensively. Their ident- I don't know where their identity is. But they have to win this game. Absolutely positively have to win this game. Both teams have to win this game for – the Chiefs to stay on the top of the division and for the Bengals to stay in the playoff hunt. They both need to win this division. They both need to win this game. Castor Oil Game of the Week. If it's not any obvious, 49ers <laughs> Commanders. I mean, outside of Santa Clara, does anyone outside of Santa Clara, I don't think anybody in the DMV cares about this, cares to watch this game. No, but anyone outside of Santa Clara that have any interest in watching this game, and again, shout out to our guy Drew Willingham, D mm-hmm. Willie. This game's going to be a blowout. It's oh, going to be yeah. another notch. It's going to be another notch in the bedpost of reasons why River Ron Rivera is not going to come back next season. Hopefully, it'll be smooth sailing for him as he sails on to his next venture. Because yes, he will not be the coach of the Commanders next season. We don't need. The Rye Stradamus thunder for that. I think we both firmly agree. But you're right. And also add to that that the Ravens just smacked the 49ers. The 49ers will be eager to take out a measure of revenge and take out their frustrations on a commander's team. Now, would I be surprised if the commanders find some way to kind of try to fight and keep this game closer than it should be? No, because they've done it to other teams. They play the Eagles very well this year, both times when they played them. But yep. I don't think that's going to happen this game. This game's going to get out of hand quickly. 49ers have too much star power, too much high-powered offense, and that defense is going to pin its ears back and get after Sam Howell. Sam, I'll send you, I'll send you a Christmas card in advance. <laughs> You're going to need a get-well card after this one, buddy. I, I kind of wonder – because in that game uh, on Monday night, I believe Brock Purdy suffered a stinger. It was the second one of the season. Uh, I wonder yes. because the 49ers do have the division in hand. They're eleven and four. Yeah. The next closest team is Seattle. They're eight and seven, so they can't catch. They can't yeah. win the division. Can't catch them. Can't catch them. I would have to think with the division locked up, would Kyle Shanahan hesitate? Would he not hesitate to play Sam Darnold on Sunday against the Commanders? Seeing how the Commander season has gone, seeing yes that they came back came back last week against my New York Jets and was down a twenty-seven to seven. You got some momentum, want to taking the lead late, and then the Jets kicked the field goal. Uh, but I have to wonder 
if they want Brock Purdy to be healthy for the playoffs, if they if they're gonna stick with Sam Darnold in this game. That could be that could be something that uh that could be something that they might do. And I would be a hundred percent inclined to agree with you. Had Brock Purdy not had the game that he had um against the Ravens, four interceptions might do something to your confidence. So I could see I could see Kyle Shanahan um kind of playing both sides a little bit. I could see him put Brock Purdy in there for like first and maybe second quarter. And if the Niners uh, get out to an aggressive early lead, then he pulls him and goes to Darnold. Just, you know, I could see, I could see Shanahan try to rebuild Brock Purdy's confidence a little bit going in, going in um, to the playoffs by doing that. But I would also not be surprised if he just said, Hey, Sam, we brought you in for situations like this. Go get us a W. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even even Castro Oil Games of the Week has interesting narratives going into <laughs> games. That's or, how it makes this. Or is it that we're such great uh, podcasters we can just we can just turn them into intriguing matchups? <laughs> we can shake a, the a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> Player to watch in Week Seventeen, Dustin. You kind of alluded to it in your most intriguing matchup. You have Tua on your mind yes. as the player to watch in week 17. My player to watch in week 17 is Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. You talked about him last week, Dustin. I believe you uh, were lauding, you were singing his praises with his performance he had against the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. had another impressive performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh and I, I, which I thought could have been a, a ups, my upset pick for this week as well. But the let's, let's look at things this way: the Buccaneers were left for dead. Yes, they lost six out of seven, six of seven games from October going into November. Right now, they're on a four-game winning streak. In the last two games, the catalyst for those wins has been Baker Mayfield. And he was a guy who was pretty much left for dead after last season when he was yes he was he was, he was released by Cleveland and went to the Rams won them a game didn't really play that well the rest of the year and he played actually he went he was he went to Carolina to Carolina mm-hmm. went to Carolina and that hot pick of yours talking about how Carolina <laughs> could be a wild card team in twenty twenty two because I thought he was going to come out with a certain energy Ryan turns out I was just a year le- early. You were just a year early. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But he's been the catalyst on the offense for both those for those wins. He had 300-plus yards against the Packers. He had almost 300 yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Three touchdowns. I believe it's three touchdowns. Maybe it was two touchdowns. But I want to see if they'll keep this. Now, the, the next two games, the last two games of the year, they're going to play the execrable New Orleans Saints, who, again, how the heck are you still alive? <laughs> the New Orleans Saints, and they wrap up the season at Carolina. Who, let's just say that I mean they're 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 a scrappy team. They've been a scrappy team over the last couple of weeks. But yeah, Baker Mayfield two touchdowns, two hundred eighty three yards passing last week. He's got thirty five hundred plus yards this year. He's on track to 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 land with almost three thirty nine hundred passing yards this year. This is a guy who was set adrift. By the by, the Cleveland Browns, the Carolina Panthers, 
and the LA Rams winds up going to Tampa Bay because they needed a quarterback after Tom Brady retired. And I'm going to say this about, about the, 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 the Buccaneers, even with the losing streak they had, they were still competitive. Yeah. Uh, they've only lost by more than four. They've only lost by 14 points twice this year. They haven't lost by more than 14 points all year. And all the other losses they have, have been by a touchdown or less. And Baker Mayfield's kept them in games. Although, although albeit, you'll see him pl- try to be that uh, gunslinger, and he has that uh, untimely interception that we we all used to seeing. But I'm kind of curious. I'm really curious to see what he does for the next two weeks uh, with this uh, with this against this uh, against a pretty easy schedule. Yeah. Yeah, and and you hit the nail on the head. He was he was written off by everyone. I mean, we all talked about how he had probably been done dirty when he was let go by the Cleveland Browns because of his shoulder issues, but we know the real reason. They were making the room for Deshaun Watson to come in. It was it was known Baker Mayfield was a dead man walking um, his last year in Cleveland. Everybody knew that they were trying to clear the books for Deshaun Watson. Um, Carolina, it did not go well. But honestly, is that more of an indictment of Baker Mayfield? Or was that, looking back with some hindsight, was that more of an organizational slash the team around him problem? Um, Baker's found himself again a little bit in Tampa Bay. And I have to wonder if the Cleveland Browns are wondering, eh, wonder if we kept six. Things are working out. Things are working out okay with one Joe Flacco rescuing them off the couch. Which, if Joe Flacco somehow leads the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, and then especially if they do some damage in the playoff, mm-hmm. Joe Flacco's got to be the comeback player of the year. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, mean, I would argue Baker Mayfield being the comeback. Yeah, player of the could year. be the seasons he's having. Yeah. So I mean. You get you gotta wonder if in Cleveland Kevin Stefanski is kind of looking with the side eye and being like, maybe we should have kept six. Maybe, maybe. Uh, before we get out of here, a couple more comments in the comment section from our buddy Tim Capper. Steelers win. Coach Mike Tomlin's streak of winning seasons continues. Ooh. How I wish says, I could say uh, I thought you were wrong. <laughs> uh, would be extended to seventeen seasons without a losing seasons. However, on the flip side, if they lose out, they'll be this first losing season mm-hmm. as a head coach period yeah and uh your uncle al chimes in baker better than deshaun there we go succinct succinct from uncle al <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no i'm kind of wondering if he would rather have deshaun watson or cut out cardboard joe flacco on his t- on the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, yeah, maybe we should ask uh, Uncle Al's a Giants fan. Would he rather have Baker than the passing Paisan, which is one of the better uh, better nicknames I heard for old Tommy DeVito? <laughs> yeah, wasn't that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's nickname at one point? Oh, it might have been. It might have uh, been. But we call him we call him Jimmy GQ on this show. It's true. It's true. We do. It's Shout true. out to the 06010, specifically Matthew Barry. I can't take full credit for that one. <laughs> All right, folks, we're just about to get out of here. Before we go, we got to remind you about our socials here below Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash 
no creds req youtube.com forward slash at no creds req please don't forget to like comment share and subscribe on all of our social media platforms on the, the audio side subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts including apple Podcasts, spotify spreaker google play wherever you podcast written review five stars is the rating we prefer and again if you leave us a review from a platform where you can leave a review we might even read your review on the air and uh your uncle chimes in and says baker 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent and just want to remind everyone out there if you're watching or listening don't forget starting on january 6th it's the saturday brunch on the regular starting at 10 a.m eastern where we review since we usually cover the nfl in this program for the nfl season we want to talk about the rest of the week in sports and we're going to do so on the regular starting january 6th at 10 a.m with the no credentials required Saturday brunch. We're really excited to bring it to you. We're actually really excited for the next year and what's coming up. we got some pretty cool things we're going to talk about coming down the road. Uh, we still have to do our our uh, frozen pizza review, I believe we're going to do a frozen pizza Oh, yeah, pizza no, no, kitchen, no kitchen required. No I think kitchen required. Something. <laughs> <laughs> so that will be coming soon. We, I think we might have to do it the week of Super Bowl, the week of the Super Bowl. Uh, when there's no game. So, but we'll talk about it off air. But anyway, thank you for tuning in to No Credentials Required, where you don't need to press pass to talk sports. We are once again, as always, presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. For Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy. Thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>